What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to your Thursday edition of Fantasy Football Today. We are one week away from Bills and Rams. Who's going to win, Bills or Rams? Bills. Bills by two scores. I don't like the cornerback situation for the Bills. It is a vulnerability. I'm going to take the Rams by three points. I don't even know what the spread is. Is that the spread? It feels like one and a half of the spread. I just needed to say something positive about the Bills because their fans <laughs> all hate me right now. Yeah, what's up with oh, that? You're you, not, a, not a Bills guy, huh? So you missed that last night, Adam. I'm sure you were getting ready for your show uh, as part of our part of the telephone, Drapson. Um, so we have uh, the St. Jude representative who's just an awesome kid. It's Jake Marshall. He's been on our show. I think every year that we've done the draft on all five years and he's uh, um, I never know the right way to say St. Jude survivor or he, he's he's he was a patient is St. Jude patient and, and he survived well, because I'm- of a rare treatment that they uh, did on him uh, unique treatment I guess I, I don't again I don't know the right way to say it but you know we're just so thankful that he was you know able to you know get the treatment that he got from St. Jude and he's just a phenomenal you know he's he's a young man at this point um, uh, an aspiring broadcaster as well, but he's a diehard Bills fan. And so um, Jack Capitorto, our producer, he's like, I don't understand what Dave and Heath are doing. They just gave me all Bills stuff. And we're going to have like an entire Bills segment. So like Dave Sleeper, obviously, you know, he wanted to give his best Sam McKenzie and Dave and Heath gave his bust was Josh Allen based on cost. And so like we've already talked a lot of Bills and then he comes on, he's a Bills fan. And so Obviously, I have to tell him that he doesn't like Josh Allen <laughs> or just call Josh Allen a bust. It was very funny. But you are but you said, was it yesterday on the air, you said, Heath, that you're kind of low on, compared to Dave and Jamie, you're lower on the Bills guys? Someone had sent us an email right. with a comparison, and I'm low on like every single Bills player, apparently. Is there a reason well, for you're that? Well, you're, you're, you're definitely low on Davis. You know, I mean, we've had that conversation numerous times. Singletary. What about Diggs? Yeah, I mean. What? What about Diggs? Uh, I think I'm slightly lower on Diggs. All right. Well, today on the show, we've got bold predictions. We've got ADP movers. So, yes, there will be more Damian Pierce discussion. We did a draft on the air last night during our draft-a-thon, 
and Damian Pierce went to Jamie in the fourth round. So we'll I see. Did you didn't ask me though. I did that strategically. Okay. I didn't want to take him to fourth round, but there was just there was like five receivers that I liked, and I kind of thought that he wasn't going to come back to me on the turn. Okay. Um, but bold predictions, ADP risers and fallers, news and notes. We'll update you on Brian Robinson as best as we can. J.K. Dobbins, is he limping? Oh, uh, it depends who you ask. Sony Michelle going to the Chargers. Does that matter for all at all for Austin Eckler? Uh, the 49ers waving Trey Sermon. Uh, and some week one notes here because we're, like I said, only a week away from that Thursday night game. So let's start with, you guys each have five bold predictions. Let's start with two from each of you. Heath, give me a bold prediction. Oh, Heath, you're muted. <laughs> Trying to really help out, but I, I just gave you a, I just came up with a sixth that I haven't given you yet. So oh, okay. I'll go with that as one of my big bold predictions. Tyler Higby will finish the year as a top six fantasy tight end this year. Basically free on draft day. He ranked top six last year in red zone targets, snap share, route participation, routes run, and expected fantasy points. He wow. just didn't produce near as well as he had the past three seasons. I do not believe that Tyler Higby is just a worse player with Matthew Stafford than he is with Jared Goff. I don't believe anything's changed that's going to cause his opportunity to get less. I think we'll see some regression. He will produce much better numbers. I've got him ranked in the top 10. The Bill Bolt bold prediction is he finishes top six. That's awesome. All right, Tyler Higby, top six. Jamie, give me round one of your bold predictions. Um, Damian Pierce outscores Brees Hall and Ken Walker in combined fantasy points. <laughs> Oh, man. Combined fantasy points. Wow. All That's right. Awesome. You want to expand? Or, I mean, it's kind of I mean, it's obviously uh, going to take an injury probably at this point. Ken Walker not playing the majority of the season because I don't think Damian Pierce is obviously that much better than Brees Hall by himself. So, I, you know, it's clearly uh, taking a, a, a play on, you know, Walker not having a, a significant season, which I hope is not the case. I'd like to see him play. But um, I think Pierce is the best rookie running back right now coming into the season. And the the two guys who, you know, we look at from a redraft standpoint that were expected to be better than them are in a little bit of a tough spot. Whereas Pierce, you know, he was, I don't know if he was necessarily the third rookie coming in. Um, we had the debates of, you know, remember early on and at the start of training camp, it was Pierce versus Algier, you know, with the thought of Algier being the Falcons running back. And then James Cook, what kind of role was he going to have? And you've kind of seen... All these guys have problems, you know, to whatever degree. Hall with Carter, Walker with the injury, Cook, you know, going to take some time and, and, and really being used on passing downs. Um, Algier, you know, who knows at what point he'll take over the Falcons job. All Damian Pierce has done is just ascend to the top of the rookie running back list. Again, redraft only. If you're doing your still rookie drafts or startup dynasty drafts, you should absolutely take uh, Damian, uh, Brees Hall ahead of, of Pierce and probably still Ken Walker. But in, in terms of which rookie looks the best right now, um, I'm still hopeful for Hall, but I, I, it's hard not to say Damian Pierce is the best. All right, Heath, round two of your bold predictions. Well, I mean, we can't get this far into a show without saying DJ Moore's name. DJ Moore will triple <laughs> his career high in t- receiving touchdowns and finish as the number one wide receiver in fantasy. His career high is four? <laughs> or five? Four. What is it? Four, right? Yeah. A triple four is, is much high. easier to triple than five is. Thankfully. Yeah, yeah. 12 <laughs> touchdowns. Nice it was three, then I'd, I'd feel even more confident. All right, DJ Moore. 12 touchdowns, wide receiver one. Jamie, I think you have a wide receiver one bold prediction too, right? Yeah, DJ Moore will have to tell for being a wide receiver two um, because obviously Michael Pittman is going to be better than him. Uh, you know, he's <laughs> going to go from 129 targets to 159 targets and just absolutely benefit from Matt Ryan throwing him the ball. And he has the first double-digit touchdown career season, I think, 
if I remember correctly, for a Matt Ryan quarterback, uh, for a Matt Ryan wide receiver. So uh, I think he gets 12 touchdowns and leads all wide receivers in fantasy points. All right, those are some bold predictions. We'll have more of them later on. Some of the players we're going to tell you about as ADP risers and fallers. Cole Komet is rising up big on the fantasy on the CBS Sports fantasy draft boards. Michael Thomas is falling, which I love. I mean, I think yeah, you know, it's just I was taking him in the third round at one point. Now he's probably a fifth round pick in most drafts. So uh, we'll talk about when the right time to well, take Michael wait. Thomas is. Can I tell you something just to tie in other sites? Because clearly we spent a lot of time talking about our sites. And Heath pointed this out on, on Twitter um, in regards to Chris Godwin about another uh, site that I, I drafted on Yahoo. And I did. It's a, it was a super flex draft. And I started my team with at the seven or eight, I forget, seven or eight, with Kyler Murray was first. I took Travis Kelsey in round two, uh, Aaron Jones in round three. I don't want to go through the whole draft, but any, in any event, I was obviously a little bit stuck at receiver because then I went Justin Fields, I think, right after that. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do at wide receiver? Because, you know, all the top guys are trying to go. So looking at their their projections, um, and this is not to pick on anybody's projections by any stretch. This is this is not to critique. It's just how different sites do it. You know, we're, we're lower and higher on certain guys as well. Um, but I knew, you know, because Heath had pointed out the, the value and how great it was for Chris Godwin. I was like, oh, let me see if Godwin's still available. Because uh, I was very, <laughs> multitasking to a degree that I've never done before um, uh, while doing this draft. In any event, so I, I saw Godwin was much lower and Michael Thomas was much lower. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up with both of those guys while still building a very you know good roster, in my opinion. Um, and Lazard, I think, was a little bit lower as well. So I ended up with all three of those guys that I thought were just amazing costs. Yeah, I'm looking at ESPN ADP right now. And, and tomorrow, by the way, we're going to have an ADP review. And Heath's going to tell us as we do it uh, on other websites some of the best values. But Michael Thomas is wide receiver 33 on ESPN. Chris Goblin is wide receiver 27. Hunter Renfro is going just ahead of Michael Thomas on in ESPN leagues. So uh, he, he's really falling. And maybe, maybe people are right but to be concerned. But if you like him, you know, this is good for you because you can get value on him. Uh, all right, so a content update for all of our loyal viewers and listeners. Tomorrow, as I mentioned, a complete ADP review. you got a big weekend of drafting coming up, so we're going to go through uh, as much as we can, starting in round one. Best picks, worst picks, best values, all the things that are going to come up naturally throughout the show. Just to talk about drafting. Uh, and we've got a Saturday mailbag that I'm pretty sure we're going to be recording tonight, me and Dan Schneier. So if you want to see it tonight or tomorrow, it'll be on YouTube. If you want to wait until Saturday, you can listen to it on Saturday. Uh, our show, we start at 9 a.m. Eastern right now, usually about 9.10. We're going to move that to 8.30 a.m. Eastern beginning Tuesday, I think, of next week. So just a little heads up there if you watch live. Also, if you don't watch live, it'll be available to you. It'll be out published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, a little bit earlier. So we're going to start about 8.30, 8.40 a.m. Eastern. And we do have a Labor Day episode. We are not taking Labor Day off, so we will have a normal week next week. Please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast, and you can listen to us on Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And we raised more than $75,000 for St. Jude this year. Thanks to all of you out there for being huge contributors. Absolutely amazing. Our eBay store is still up and running, by the way. I still have the link in the episode description. There are still things you can bid on, but that's just just incredible. Over $75,000. How, uh, how many trivia questions did we answer? I only read 18 out of 20, and I think we got 13 or 14 right, but I knew we were going to. That's how much? 
uh, we were just going to donate. Oh, well, technically for your purposes, yes. that would be $260. 260 is what the answers were? Yes. Okay, so I said I would match that. All right, thank you, Jamie. Awesome. $75,260. Uh, all right, sorry, let's get back on track. I did not realize that the Broncos are at the Seahawks in week one on Monday Night Football. I wish that were going to be a better game, but that is pretty cool. Russell Wilson back in his old digs, and he just signed a big contract extension. So You just realized that? Yeah, yeah, I, I really, wow. I know. I know, I know. I probably knew at some point and forgot. Let's talk about an ADP riser, one of the biggest risers in CBS Sports ADP. Cole Komet, he is moving up 21 spots to 122nd overall. He's still tight end 13, Komet. He's still behind Mike Gesicki and Pat Fryermuth. On Fantasy Football Calculator, just over the last couple of days, he's tight end, Cole Komet is tight end 12, ahead of TJ Hawkins. No, he's tight end 10. Uh, somehow, someway, TJ Hawkinson is tight end 12 on Fantasy Football Calculator over the last couple of days. But but anyway, Cole Komet, Jamie, is a riser. This happened last week, but I believe you moved him ahead of Zach Ertz. And uh, I've been reaching for him a little bit in drafts because I, I do want to get him. I don't want to go any, go any later than Cole Komet, I think, if, if I can avoid that. Um, your thoughts on Cole Komet? First off, I think if you're, if you're buying Cole Komet, you're hoping he's going to score touchdowns because last year he scored none. And so that's the, the biggest thing I think that has to change because you see what this receiving core is. You know, we, we've, we've dissected it so many times that it's Darnell Mooney, who is not exactly the, the, the type of true number one receiver that you'd like to see for a roster. So that's just start right there. But then it's, you know, Byron Pringle and Vilas Jones Jr. and Tazay Sharp and Equinemius St. Brown. It's just, you know, it feels like a lot of names. And so Justin Fields obviously is going to have some struggles just because of the offensive line and, and not having a lot of, key receivers, but I think you've seen it. You know, he's, he's looking for his tight. It's not just him. It's not just Komet. You know, we saw it in the, in the preseason game. It was Ryan Griffin as well. You know, he had touchdown catch there. He had another catch in the game um, in their final outing against the Browns. And so, I mean, there's just a lot to like about this scenario. You know, we've, we've highlighted this time and time again, if, if a tight end can be number one or number two in targets on their respective teams, there's a path to success there. And there's a path to, to success for Cole Komet. So um, if you're interested in drafting him, especially in PPR, you know, non PPR is where you're going to have to, you know, maybe take a little bit of lumps because they're not going to score a lot of touchdowns as a team. But if you're interested in non in PPR, or half PPR, as soon as you see Hawkinson get drafted, start to think, okay, where am I in the draft? At what point do I need to get my tight end? And can I wait until the, until the next manager takes Zach Ertz? Because he's probably gonna be the next one that goes. But if you really want Cole Komet and you're aggressive targeting him, you see here, we're a little bit higher than the industry or at least higher than ADP, um, you should probably, as soon as Hawkinson goes, say, okay, now is probably the time I need to go get him and just make sure I lock him up. All right, one big ADP faller is the aforementioned Michael Thomas. He, on CBS ADP, is about to be passed by Jerry Judy. ESPN ADP, he's way behind Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Uh, by the way, on ESPN, Cortland Sutton going one pick, one wide receiver pick behind Jerry Judy, but that's another topic for another day tomorrow. But Michael Thomas, Heath, he's now 70th overall. He's wide receiver 27 on CBS. He's still wide receiver 20, Michael Thomas, on FF Calculator over the last couple of days. But, you know, he's a round five pick. But is there is there any reason to take him in the fourth round now? Or, or should we just assume we can get Michael Thomas in the fifth round if we want him? Well, I think 
like in one of our drafts, you might have to take him in round four if you want him. But for basically everyone else, no, I don't think there's any reason to take him before round five. Um, we've been the most aggressive on him, and we're even cooling just a little bit until we hear that he's 100% again. Um, he has, I think, still probably top 12 upside. But this injury is just a reminder of how little football he's played and how po- like it's a not – I wouldn't say likely, but it's a it's a great possibility that it could be a wasted pick. So would you take Rashad Bateman or Michael Thomas? I still have Michael Thomas ahead of Rashad Bateman. I still have him as a top 24 wide receiver, and Bateman's not in that range for me. But like he's right there with Jalen Waddell, both two guys who have fallen recently. And I could I could make a justification for taking Adam Thielen or Marquise Brown over him. Those are the two guys I have right behind him. Jamie, you can get it on that too. Thomas or Bateman? Uh, I, I would still take Thomas. I, I think this is going to be clearly not to the, the the heights of what happened last year. But I think this is going to be one of those Jonathan Taylor type situations from a year ago where the 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 news, now clearly it was more for guys around Taylor when it was Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz with the foot injuries and, and people panicked. Um, they're obviously going to be cautious with him. They're going to be cautious with him because of what has happened. And he's not going to return to being the same player. So you don't have to be aggressively targeting Michael Thomas. But I think to run away from Michael Thomas is a mistake. I don't think that this injury is that bad. And and look, th- this could be something I regret saying, but I, I think he's still got the opportunity to be a top 20 caliber receiver, to be performing and producing like where Dave has him ranked. Um you know, I, I'm I'm with Heath. I should probably, you know, look at my rankings again and say maybe he's a spot or two high. But I still think that if you end up with Michael Thomas and he plays the majority of the season, then you're going to be really, really rewarded with some fa- fine production and some quality performances because he's still going to be the target leader and one of the target leaders at the receiver position in the NFL, but certainly for the Saints. All right, a few more here. Michael Thomas or Jerry Judy? Still Thomas for me. Yeah, it's it's Thomas this morning. I do not want to commit to this afternoon. <laughs> um, it's like they are right in the same range. Michael Thomas or Deontay Johnson? Deontay. And what about the idea of drafting Michael Thomas in round five and drafting Chris Olave in round 10? It's a good friendship strategy. I would also say if you wanted to do that, you could also do Jarvis Landry in round 15. Okay. And here's a segment that we should have done weeks ago, but we'll do it right now, Heath, real quick. Best ball tips. <laughs> if you have a oh, best yeah, ball draft uh, coming up. M- maybe months ago, yeah. actually. Well, more people are doing best ball. I, this is a failure on my part. Uh, I've done more best ball drafts this year than I ever have. What, give me a, a few guidelines. What changes in a best ball draft for you compared to a regular redraft it, league? It really depends on whether you're talking about a best ball league where it's just you and 11 other guys and it's one league and you're just taking lineup setting out of the equation, which I have several of those and love them. Or if you're talking best ball tournaments, which I think is what most people are talking about when they talk best ball and it's you're competing in a league, but you're also competing against hundreds of thousands of people trying to win a championship like a GPP. And so I think first and foremost in best ball, stacking is more important, um, almost required you want plays that correlate with each other. Even to the point that if you're in one of the larger tournaments where it's going to come down to week 16, week 17, you actually want to stack like a DFS lineup for week 16 or week 17 to put up the biggest possible numbers. 
Um, the second thing I would say is if it's just a league, it's a 12-team league, it's best ball, then floor matters a little bit more. Those compilers can be more important. Um, if, but if you're in the big tournaments, it's got the reason the guys like Gabe Davis ended up in, with around four ADP mm. because it's those upside guys. How do you? How many quarterbacks and tight ends do you draft? Because best ball, you know, it's usually more than twenty rounds, so you got a lot of bench spots. So how many I, quarterbacks and tight ends? Two to three, um, and the two would only be if I had two that I really liked. But I, I won't generally go with more than three. It's generally two or three. How many DSTs? If I have two, two or three. And do you put more priority on tight end because, you know, you can't stream. You can't play the matchups, can't do anything like that. Do you want a tight end that you know is, is going to be someone that you would never even consider taking out of your lineup? Well, I won't have to decide whether I take them out of my lineup or not because their score will determine that. But um, yeah, I, I, was, I meant, I meant in a, <laughs> right. one of the guys that are must-starts. Yeah. It would be difficult for me <laughs> to value tight end more than I already do. Um, <laughs> But like, I do think that it opens up more possibilities because if you're telling me that I can draft Cole Komet and Tyler Higby and Irv Smith in round 10, 11, and 12 or whatever, and I never have to choose which one of those guys start, I just need one of them to be start worthy each week, then I actually almost feel better about that. Okay. And finally, do you take a lot of handcuff running backs, the guys that could be great if the guy gets hurt in front of them? But not my own. But yes, they, wow. they are more of a priority. Okay. Uh, by the way, a guy named Joseph in here says, <laughs> he said a little harsh, Joseph, said, talk auction, you bums. Uh, we call it salary cap now. And if you want some salary cap draft tips, our previous, I think it was our last mailbag, our most recent mailbag, Saturday's episode, whatever that was, the last Saturday of August, uh, Dan Schneier laid out some great tips. We spent about 10, 15 minutes, I'd say, on salary cap drafts. Uh, Dan loves them. He does them all the time. Very, very good. We got good feedback on that. So if you have not heard that mailbag episode, you don't even have to listen to the whole thing. I've got time codes in the episode description. They're approximate. I can't get the exact time codes in the episode descriptions because of the ads that sometimes play. Uh, but you know, just check out uh, check out that salary cap talk there. I think it'll be really helpful. And also, you should know that the episodes do have time codes in them. If you don't read the episode descriptions, you can skip around to different segments if you want. Like I said, they're not the best time codes. They're approximate I because the ads, they change, and sometimes they're not even there. So uh, I do my best but it's to help you out. We're going to take a quick we break. Are, we are also doing a salary cap draft tomorrow that Dave will write up the results, and they'll be on the site. Yes. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got some news and notes, big news and notes for you. And... ADP risers and fallers, more bold predictions. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, 
or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Jamie, I'm going to need you to help me remember something here because I have a terrible memory. But we had Michael Fabiano on yesterday. Big name yeah. in, the, uh, in the fantasy. Yeah, I did remember that. Uh, <laughs> but I believe he said that, uh, you know, he spoke to some people and he's under the impression that Brian Robinson could be back sooner rather than later. You know, he was very fortunate with the with what happened and painted a pretty optimistic picture of a return anyway for Brian Robinson. Is that fair to say? He did. I think he said he spoke to someone who knows Robinson's agent, I believe. And so um, the, the transactions clearly were good for Brian Robinson. The fact that he's still currently on the 53-man roster. Now, they could still, if I understand it correctly, elect to put him on short-term IR which would keep him out for the first four weeks. And so if that still happens, um, I would not be surprised. And, and I think, you know, even, even what Fabs alluded to was, you know, still having him back on the field at the early part of the season. He did not indicate, if, if I remember what he said correctly, that he'd be ready for week one. So um, I think it's just something you got to keep an eye on here. You know, the, the fact that he's alive, first and foremost, is great. Second part that he's, you know, was already at the team facility and, you know, visiting his teammates. And, you know, that's that's amazing as well. Um, but if he's able to play before October, my God, that would just be, you know, a miracle. And and we'd love to see it. So for those of you that are still drafting, it's absolutely worth your time to take uh, or to your, to your interest in your fantasy roster to draft Brian Robinson probably as early as round 10, I would say. Um, and it just should, you know, keep you a little bit cool on Antonio Gibson knowing that not only is Robinson have the chance to return sooner than, than maybe we expected, but also they're going to add somebody else. I mean, they can't just go with even what they have right now. They need to add probably a fourth guy also because the only two running backs, as far as I know, that they have on their – the only three running backs they have on their roster are Gibson, McKissick, and, and Robinson. So um, they, they need to add some depth there. Uh, a quick case for Antonio Gibson. It's – you know, let's assume that Brian Robinson's not ready for week one, maybe not week two. If Jamie, like you, like you said, if he goes on short-term IR, he's out at least four weeks. The first two games of the season for Washington are Jacksonville and Detroit. And I know Jacksonville, they they beefed up their defense a little bit. They signed uh, Folo, I'm not going to pronounce his name right, Folo Fadukasi from the Jets. They signed Foye Aluakon from the Falcons at defensive tackle and linebacker, respectively. They obviously drafted uh, Trayvon Walker, but, you know... Starting with the Jaguars and the Lions could be a really nice way for Antonio Gibson to get back in the good graces of uh, of Ron Rivera, assuming he's not in the good graces now. I can't speak to that, but you know we've seen we've seen a lot that suggests uh, you know what it suggests. So just that's something to keep in mind. Uh, I remember several years ago, Aaron Jones was he suspended for the first two games of the year? Is that what it was? And yes. Jamal Williams had the Bears and the the Vikings maybe two like brutal run defenses to start the year and he stunk and it played exactly the way I thought it would and then you know he didn't do anything to claim that job but this is the exact opposite for Antonio Gibson he has a really good opportunity to uh, put his best foot forward 
Speaking of which, is J.K. Dobbins limping, Heath? He did not like uh, being called out for what looked like a limp after a drill. He looked good in the drill, but I guess I can't say for sure he was limping. But what do you make of this Dobbins situation? He does not like any insinuation that he might not play a full season and be 100%. He would like everyone to know he's going to be awesome and fine. And basically everyone else who's talking about it is saying that's not going to be the case. So we're going to find out in 10 days. I I am more nervous about Dobbins than I have been for most of the offseason. I still think there's a chance in the second half of the season that he's a league winner as a running back. And so I don't want to let him fall too far. I, I put out a Twitter poll this morning um, between Dobbins, Elijah Mitchell, and Cam Akers, because those are three guys that I think kind of fit in the same bucket, have top 12 upside if everything goes right, may or may not be 100% healthy right now, certainly elevated risk injury for all three. Uh, Mitchell won the poll, Dobbins was second, Akers was third. Mm. And Akers was not very close to the other two. Who would your pick have been? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out today, Adam. That's why I asked Twitter so they could set my rankings for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> right now, my pick would be Akers. Okay. Well, <laughs> well you're not listening to Twitter then. <laughs> uh, the Charger signed Sony Michelle. Jamie, first of all, is Michelle the handcuff to get for Eckler? And will he be a goal line option that could actually hurt Austin Eckler? Uh, I mean, he obviously could be a goal line option that can hurt Eckler. I would not approach it that way, though. I think you just have to trust that Eckler has shown the coaching staff enough based on how he performed last year that he should be on the field as much as possible, but he'll just be spelled at times. I don't know if it's going to be they're down at the one and we're taking Austin Eckler off the field. I can't see that happening. Um, should he be the handcuffed? Probably so. I think just because Spiller is you know, coming back from an injury, it doesn't appear like they fully trust him. I mean, you know, just going with how they treated Kelly and Roundtree before Spiller got hurt. You know, maybe Spiller was building towards something. We don't know that. But I think the fact that they made this transaction, is it really more knowing that there's a proven guy, a former first-round pick available in Sony Michelle that was good for, you know, the the Rams last year in their same city? Or is it more, you know, that they just don't really trust the other three guys fully, you know, or the other two guys, I guess, fully in terms of Kelly and, and Roundtree? So I would approach it if you want to draft a handcuff. I don't think you have to, but if you want to, take take Sony Michelle. Uh, I would not be surprised, though, if there's an Eckler injury that we're seeing a committee between Michelle and and uh, and Spiller and maybe even Kelly. Darren Waller practiced on Wednesday, making progress. That was amazing. He got an agent. And he got, got an agent. <laughs> Hamstring healed up. San Francisco waved Trey Sermon. Jeff Wilson's still the best guy to get there behind Elijah Mitchell? Question mark? I think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I would say this though: if you're if you have a deep roster, and Jordan Mason is available, take a flyer. It's the 49ers. You never know. <laughs> I got I got him in our first run of uh, Yolo waivers last night uh, for five dollars out of my thousand dollar budget. Mm. Adam, what do you think I got Isaiah Pacheco for? I have a thousand dollars. I'll give you a hint: one hundred and thirty-five. It was double what I bid. <laughs> Ten. That's it. I would no. Thought- no, 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 what I bet got Pacheco. Oh, on Pacheco. Uh, 135. No. Uh, Isaiah likely went for 178, so recalibrate. <laughs> okay, Isaiah Pacheco in a deep dynasty league, 14-team dynasty league, right? Yes. Uh, $516. Closer. $615. <laughs> now you're going the other way. 401. 401. 401k. <laughs> All right, Houston plans to re-sign Marlon bid, Mack to the practice 200? squad. I bid 201. Oh. Uh, you know we have a new feature on our site, by the way. Yes. You can 
you can share waiver moves and bids on Fab. Yeah, you can p- produce a full report so people know yeah, all so the everybody bids. can see what what the other bids. Were. You don't have to do it, but you know, vote, vote on that. We'll be doing that. Zach Ertz and Rondell Moore may not be ready for week one. Holy cow, Marquise Brown, that would be big. They got the Chiefs in week one, but Zach Ertz and Rondell Moore, they're, they could be close for week one. We'll have to check on that. Are we are we um, in deeper leagues? And I'm going to feel gross by saying this. Not AJ mentioning Green. that we should probably take a flyer on AJ Green. AJ Green. <laughs> has, has anyone said AJ Green's name this year? Is that necessarily a bad thing, though? I mean, he hasn't been hurt. Heath. Or it's like Jalen Waddle, and he's actually been hurt the whole time, and we just nobody told us. Heath, what you don't know is that I vowed to take a drink of alcohol every time someone said AJ Green's name this year, and uh, I haven't had anything to drink. So, well, you've got four <laughs> drinks now because we just said it. <laughs> no, it's over. It was. It ended on August thirty first. It was an August thing. Uh, yeah. All right. So this is something to keep in mind here, and hopefully those guys are back. Matt LaFleur said the Packers are going to spread the ball around on offense and use a number of different receivers. Did that matter to anybody? Not yet. Okay. Uh, Kadarius Tony looks trending in the right direction for week one at the Titans. Free agent left tackle Jason Peters, uh, old veteran, I think a 15-year veteran. He visited the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones said that rookie Tyler Smith is their left tackle. See if they have interest in Peters. Cincinnati expected to sign tight end O.J. Howard. Hayden Hurst is currently their top tight end. Don't think Howard would be a threat there. Go ahead. Nope. Okay. Uh, Chargers tight end Donald Parham. Parham, I think it is. I don't think it's Parham. I think it's Parham. But he participated in individual drills, and he's been out for a while with a hamstring injury. But Parham, he, there was a report that you know that basically he was even with Gerald Everett. So this might have a fantasy impact. Keep an eye on that. Minnesota acquired Jalen Rager, the wide receiver that the Eagles drafted one spot ahead of Justin Jefferson two years ago. Now he's on Minnesota with Justin Jefferson for a couple of late picks. Does this matter? Don't think so. Sounds like they're bringing him in to be uh, a special teams return guy. I I do think it makes, like, and this was probably the case already, but it's just a reminder that Quez Watkins is pretty clearly the number three wide receiver in Philadelphia, and A.J. Brown's had plenty of injury history, so there could be some some best ball or late round or waiver appeal for Watkins at some point. Chicago claimed offensive lineman Alex Leatherwood. That's who the Raiders waived the other day. First round pick just a couple of years ago. Bears need that help on the offensive line. And to dip into the pop culture waters a little bit, today on Twitter I noticed that it is Zendaya's birthday. And I would say that I have never done a 180 on a show the way I did on Euphoria. I thought it was the single worst show I had ever seen uh, in season one. And as I kept watching, I realized it's actually a quite brilliant show and a must-watch show if you've never seen Euphoria. So, happy birthday, Zendaya. Thank you for opening my eyes to the greatness of Euphoria. All right, let's talk about some ADP risers. Oh, Damian Pierce up to 59th overall, uh, 24 spots up in CBS Sports ADP. On Fantasy Football Calculator over the last couple days, he's a sixth-round pick, so you know, pretty, pretty similar ADP. But you know the what I what I have hard time figuring out is like if if a guy is now up 24 spots and he's 59th overall in ADP on CBS, what's his actual ADP over the last week? Because it was much lower. The average has pulled it up to 59th overall. Is he going in round four? I don't know how much more time we need to spend on Damian Pierce. I don't want to make every episode a Damian Pierce episode, and we've already talked about him. 
But I guess just tell me, guys, 12-team league, in which round are you drafting Damian Pierce? PPR? Yeah. Round five. Four or five turn. Okay. And are we at A.J. Dillon or Damian Pierce? God, I go back and forth on these guys so much. Um, Pierce. Dylan and non-PPR, Pierce and full PPR. Maybe it should be the other way around. I'm not sure. Yeah, I would say I I, I prefer Dylan and PPR because I think at least we have we can expect him to be involved in the passing game based on how last year ended. Well, the thing, I mean, people talk about A.J. Dillon had 34 catches or something last year, something like that, 35. Almost all of that was with an Aaron, not almost all of it, but much of it was with Aaron Jones out. And then I think there was one game, if I remember correctly, where Aaron Jones played and Dylan had a lot of catches, and that was the Jordan Love game. So things should change without Devontae Adams, but just to get your take, because A.J. Dillon was the second guy on the list. He's up 10 spots. He's now 64th overall. He's just behind Damian Pierce, who's at 59th overall in our ADP, but those are two of the biggest risers at running back. But when Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones were healthy, A.J. Dillon was very uninvolved in the passing game. Do you think that changes this year? Yes, because... Devontae Adams is gone. Okay. Uh, Rashad Penny is up six spots, and he gets Denver in week one on Monday night. Not sure if you guys are aware. He's up to 87th overall in CBS ADP. He's RB34. Over on Fantasy Football Calculator, he's a round six pick, Rashad Penny, and he's RB28. Uh, Are we sleeping on Rashad Penny? Who Remember, at, at one point, Jamie, you said, you know, we should probably just pay attention to the reports that Rashad Penny is the starter and Pete Carroll saying Rashad Penny is the starter and he loves Rashad Penny. And then Ken Walker got hurt and we don't even know if he's going to be ready for week one. I mean, is is round seven, round eight where he's going on CBS, is that a steal for Rashad Penny? How do you feel about him? It's it's very good value. Um, you know, I, I I just, this Seattle offense feels like it could be an absolute disaster, but it's still going to present good values for for several guys, you know, so... I mean, you've, you've noted time again, time and again, his explosive plays and when he's played, you know, the, the seven games where he's had, I, I forget the carries that you, you know, always mentioned, but uh, um, 12 or more. Yeah. You know, he's going to get that, you know, so he's probably not going to get to the same heights, but um, he still has the opportunity to, to reward you. So uh, we've, we've noted this, he's a good zero RB candidate, you know, because while he's healthy, you could probably start him as at least a flex, if not a number two running back. And so it's just a matter of, you know, do you want to take more of a long-term or short-term approach with Rashad Penny? You know, so I think he belongs in the conversation with some of these questionable guys, Antonio Gibson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, Miles Sanders, um, you know, whoever you want to throw into this category. You know, so as early as round six, I think is safe. Uh, round seven is probably the latest he should go. And then it's just a matter of at what point do you want to buy into Ken Walker in the hope that he can return at some point and maybe returns at the point where there is that Rashad Penny injury. I, I love pairing Penny in round seven with Akers or Dobbins in round five or six, or even Elijah Mitchell, like these guys that were just not not sure if, that they're going to be full goes to the start of the year. Maybe Mitchell's fine now. Um, but I think that specifically the Dobbins-Penny pairing could work out really, really well. Yeah, Rashad Penny had some of the best metrics uh, of any running back last year. And in seven games in his career with 12 or more carries – he has scored at least one touchdown in all seven games. He has rushed for 108 or more yards in six of seven games. He has averaged 7.7 yards per carry in those seven games. Four of them came at the end of last season. 
Uh, Rashad Penny was terrific, and he has been basically whenever he's gotten the opportunity. He does see the opposite though for Gibson. Gibson's got the easy schedule the first two weeks. The first two games of the season for Seattle are Denver and San Francisco. Denver did not have a great run defense last year, but they did they did have a great defense, and they did sign a very good run defender from the 49ers and DJ Jones at, to play nose tackle. And then maybe that weakens the 49ers. But the Niners had one of the best run defenses in football last year. So I don't know if that matters to you guys. Because if you look, if you just look at like yards per carry last year for Rashad Penny down the stretch, when he faced good run defenses, including the 49ers, he wasn't nearly as good. I mean, he got a lot of work. And he, I think he put up a decent number. I think he scored or something. But he had a kind of David Montgomery thing where he just crushed these weak opponents. So I do think this matters a little bit to me. That the first two weeks might be tough sledding for... Uh, for the offense in general, not going to be a lot of points. I know Heath, like you're going to look at Vegas to implied implied totals for the teams, and I think that they're going to have trouble scoring against the Broncos and the 49ers in weeks one and two. And then who knows what that means for Penny if uh, if they're struggling and Ken Walker's getting healthier. Yeah, I mean, I think they're probably going to have trouble scoring for most of the year, but they are. Um, we're also going to project Penny for 20 plus carries the first couple weeks of the season, assuming that Walker's not ready to go. So mm-hmm. that's going to level it out. I think I think he's a number two running back for as long as he stays healthy, and he has top 12 upside. Just behind him in ADP is Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is a riser. He's up eight spots. He's now RB35. Rashad Penny's RB34. On Fantasy Football Calculator, Penny's RB28, and Edmonds is RB31. He's a late round six pick. Uh, before Damian Pierce, Jamie, I feel like Chase Edmonds was uh, some guy that, a guy that we were talking about a lot as a riser for you. How are you feeling about Chase Edmonds right now, and would you take him or Rashad Penny? I would take Edmonds in PPR. I would take Penny in non-PPR. Um, I mean, Edmonds is in a good spot. You know, he's he's got the opportunity to, you know, be the lead running back for the Dolphins. And really, you know, you're banking on Raheem Mostert staying healthy for a full season, which we just haven't seen. And so, you know, the fact that they got rid of Sony Michelle, I think is a good indication for both those guys that they feel pretty comfortable with them or we're just completely overlooking maybe Miles Gaskin having a role at some point this season. And all of a sudden we're back on that bandwagon again. But I think in just in terms of Chase Edmonds, um, as this team seems to operate or want to operate, you know, they're going to try and run the ball more. And it's not really what happened in the preseason is something you should judge because Toronto Armstead didn't play. So, you know, we'll see when the offensive line is fully intact. The thing that could really help Chase Edmonds is if Mike Gusecki's role stays the way it seems like it's going to stay and Jalen Waddle is limited or out for the start of the season, mm-hmm. he may be their second best receiver. So... It could be a fun start to, to Chase Edmonds' Miami tenure, and then we'll see how far that goes. Would you take uh, Clyde edwards Lair, Miles Sanders, or Chase Edmonds? Edmonds in PPR, Clyde in none. Yeah, I've got Clyde and Edmonds very, very close in PPR. I'm not sure. It's... But it's definitely Clyde and non-PPR. Um, full PPR, I will go Clyde as well, but they're back-to-back. Would you take Chase Edmonds over... Devin Singletary and Cordero Patterson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not even close, by the way, in ADP. Both Singletary and Patterson are way ahead of Edmonds. Um, Edmonds or Tony Pollard? Um, Edmonds. Um, Yeah, Edmonds. Okay. Keith, I'm going to give you the last two here. You've been talking about Robert Woods for a while. He is moving up, but he's still 116th overall, Robert Woods. He's 101st overall on Fantasy Football Calculator, just after DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk. So I assume you love Robert Woods if you can get him around pick 100. 
And also, explain this one to me. Kansas City kicker Harrison Butker is up 12 spots to 127th overall. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. People should not be taking kickers in round 11, so that's a bad <laughs> job by them. But, no, I think this is a great spot for Robert Woods, who at the very least we can say is going to start the year as the clear number one wide receiver for the Titans. There's a chance that Traylon Burks at some point – everything comes together for him and he's he becomes the number one i think that's definitely a possibility but early in the year i would expect we're getting seven to eight targets per game for robert woods i wonder if butker is like the highest projected kicker and those are auto picks or something but yeah don't take your kicker that early adp fallers damian harris down seven spots so he's still 56th overall so right now according to adp harris is still just ahead of A.J. Dillon and Damian Pierce. But in our rankings, that's definitely not the case. And maybe in the most recent ADP, just over the last few days, maybe that's not the case. But on average, Harris is still RB23, just ahead of Damian Pierce and A.J. Dillon. Which, like, that 56th overall is exactly where I would take him in a non-PPR league. And these are a blend of non and full PPR. But any sort of PPR, he's just a, a screaming bust at that cost. The thing, the thing that scares me the most about Harris is that, you know, we keep saying he's going to be okay in non-PPR and trust him in non-PPR. And I don't think anything he said is incorrect. This team may be awful. Yep. They really may be awful. And he scored 15 touchdowns last year with minimal catches and the yardage was fine. If the yardage comes down and the touchdowns get cut in half, what are we looking at here? Yeah. And he dominated the carries inside the five-yard line. He had, what did I say? He had 12, and Ramondre Stevenson had five last year. What if that changes? So, right, it would be, that's the same question that you just asked, but the touchdown's coming down. But there was a reason why he had all the touchdowns. He had all the opportunities for the touchdowns. That could easily change. Now, the flip side of that is, if what we did get a small sample size of him staying on the field and passing downs, then he can end up being a pretty good bargain. But it's just hard to figure that's going to be the case with Stevenson and all the things that they've said this offseason and the fact that, you know, Ty Montgomery didn't get placed on the art, at least as of yet. Yeah. So I just don't know what to make of it. Like, I just, you know, Stevenson, when he was at a cost, felt like just a good buy. And he still might be. But it's just like, this just feels like a team. And you said this very early in the offseason, Adam, like you don't want to draft any Patriots. Like it's, it's probably the smart move to do. One stat of Ramondre Stevenson that, that really I don't like is that his longest run last year was 21 yards. If, if all you want him to do is, uh, you know, run the ball in from inside the five, fine. But if people are really like, like, because I just feel like maybe it's more, you know, our show or something because ADP certainly suggests people love Harris. He's like 40 spots ahead of Stevenson, but Harris has actually been a very good runner. So I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I see huge bust potential, but Harris has had a good career. Stevenson, I don't know why people love him so much. He's 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 good, you know, at his role, but I don't think he's an explosive player at all. He's big. He's like Legarrette Blunt. I I compared him to Legarrette Blunt when he got drafted. Um, those guys don't have to score touchdowns. He doesn't make big plays. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll be better this year. But that's to me, I just that's not really who he is, and we never really talk about that. But you know, I I think I think Harris is probably the better runner. But then again, I don't know that it really matters because they're going to be used pretty similarly. It's, that, it's really line. like it's just because Damian Harris had a, lo- a long run or two last year that you think that? 
No, I mean, look, he was really good two years ago with Cam Newton, and we said oh, the efficiency will come down because he doesn't have the mobile quarterback, and it did come down, but he still had a, had a very healthy yards per carry. His advanced metrics are solid. Um, it was the exact same as Ramon Ray Stevenson's last year, though, right? I don't think so. I don't know, maybe, but he had more big plays. I mean, for a guy to have no carry longer than 21 yards, he's a big, he's a big running back. He's not fast. He's not an explosive player, Ramondre Stevenson. That's really not a knock on him. It's just that's not his profile. So I, I don't know that if people are expecting him to have this huge breakout season, some are, I don't really know that, that he's that guy. In, St- in Ramondre Stevenson, I think well, I think Harris has been a better think runner. It's more likely that he becomes a pass catcher than Damian Harris. Yeah, that's that for sure. But Ty Montgomery, like Jamie said, is still not on IR, and there was an encouraging report about him. All right, I've basically talked around in circles about the Patriots running back, so I'm sorry. So, would you rather like what's the uh, you guys have Harris ranked ahead of Stevenson or no? Uh, yes, in in non PPR PPR it's. I go back and forth. Right now, I think Stevenson may be a spot higher until I get Montgomery news. All right. So the bottom yeah, line and is... And I don't think... I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, no. In full PPR, it, they're really, really close. But what I've noticed, and I've got Steve, Stevenson one spot ahead of Eris, but pick 96 and 97, so I'm not getting either. But in a couple of the uh, the higher stakes drafts I've done just this past week, Stevenson's going way ahead of Eris. Like, it's not just our podcast thing. Because people think he's going to catch the passes. Well, and then partially because people don't want to draft Damian Harris. So, yeah, the bottom line is if you can get Stevenson later than Harris, that is, that is what you should do, and that is what ADP suggests. Okay, Adam Thielen is down nine spots to 70th overall. I didn't know what the reasoning for this was. He's now wide receiver 26th, and he's also wide receiver 26th on Fantasy Football Calculator. Uh, and he's basically got the same ADP as Marquise Brown. Who would you guys rather have, Adam Thielen or Marquise Brown? And is there any reason why Thielen should be dropping an ADP? Um, not necessarily a reason he should be dropping. You know, he's in that group of guys that just, it, it, it feels like, you know, I don't want to say it's like the wide receiver dead zone because it's not the case at all, but it just feels like there's just this group of receivers that there, there's so many different variables that can happen. And so, you know, between him and Bateman and Judy and Juju and um, uh, for me, Metcalf, uh, you know, and Marquise Brown, you know, I think he's in there too. Michael Thomas is probably in that conversation too. You know, I put Waddle in there too. Um, there's, there's plenty of upside. You know, I mean, he, he could score. You see the, the projections, you know, and Heath, I think has made a very good comp of, you know, Adam Thielen and Gabe Davis, you know, because of, of what their kind of expectations are because of a lot of touchdowns. And so if you want a cheaper Gabe Davis, Adam Thielen is it. And, and the difference is that Adam Thielen has done it before, as Heath has noted. So it's not, it's not a bad guy to settle for. I just don't want to risk because of what his injuries have been. Plus, I do think that they're going to use K.J. Osborne a lot. I think they really love him. Mm-hmm. All right. Dak Prescott is down 15. Oh, I'm sorry. Marquise Brown or Adam Thielen? Who would you rather have? Brown. I've got Thielen one spot higher. This is exactly where I have him ranked. Both of them ranked, though. Dak Prescott is down 15 spots to 74th overall. He's QB 12 on CBS. He's QB 10 on Fantasy Football Calculator. Dak Prescott just ahead of Tom Brady, like we said. Tom Brady doesn't have that ADP on CBS, but in a lot of sites, Tom Brady's closer to QB 10, 11. Uh, But Dak Prescott being down to QB 12, this is a bit of a repeat of the last time we did this segment here, but uh, Heath, your thoughts on Prescott being a faller? 
Well, I think it's just because he doesn't have any upside is the problem. Um, no, uh, it obviously makes sense. He had an offensive lineman get hurt. Everybody's kind of coming around, including me, slowly to the idea that, you know, the Cowboys don't have as good of receiving core and the Cowboys don't have near as good of offensive line. And maybe the Cowboys offense just isn't going to be quite as good as we hoped. I still believe that if Jalen Tolbert is good or Michael Gallup can get back to 100% soon, that Dak could absolutely be a top five quarterback. But there's a little bit more risk than there was now. I kind of used De- viewed Dak as the safe quarterback with top five upside, and now he's not quite as safe but still has top five upside. How about a look at Jamie's bold predictions, Heath's bold predictions? Let's get to it. We've already given you four. Jamie said Michael Pittman will be wide receiver one. Heath said no, DJ Moore will be wide receiver one. Actually, I think it was the reverse, uh, reverse order there. Jamie said Damian Pierce is going to outscore Brees Hall and Ken Walker combined. And Heath gave us a new one that was off script. Let's see if I remember it. Oh, I had to scroll up because I wrote it down. Tyler Higby will be a top six fantasy tight end. Look at that. Great, great memory. So, Heath, let's go back to you. Give me another bold prediction. Aaron Jones will lead all running backs with 80 catches and finish the season as RB1 in full PPR leagues. Yeah. Who are the candidates to lead? Who are the top five in running back catches like five most likely to lead all running backs and catches McCaffrey mm-hmm. Eckler Camara, Saquon and Aaron Jones Jamie you prove that list you like it there's one guy um, left that could have been on the list Swift I mean you left out nine lines so I mean uh <laughs> I would say Najee belongs on that list. Oh, you were thinking Swift or Najee, Heath? I was thinking Najee was the guy I left off. Oh, okay, okay. All right, Jamie, let's go back to you. How about Trey Lance will be QB3? Well, I figured that Heath was going to stick with the one that he had earlier, that Jalen Hurst would be QB1, so I didn't want to go there, and I don't think Josh Allen is going to fall from the graces of one or two. So I'll just say Trey Lance will be three. Um, it's, it's tough to trust Trey Lance at this point. A lot of people concerned. I was listening to NFL radio on Sirius XM and they were saying how just unprecedented this was. It's their morning drive show, how unprecedented this was for, you know, the 49ers to keep Jimmy Garoppolo knowing that he took them to the NFC championship game last year and he's taking them to a Super Bowl, and how this could divide the locker room and all the things that you would expect when you have a quarterback like Trey Lance who has struggled at times in camp and struggled in the preseason at times. But also, I think, you know, we haven't seen the full picture together because Debo's been banged up and Trent Williams hasn't been on the field and we haven't just seen the whole puzzle come together. And I'm excited to see what's going to look like. You know, I'm excited to see what that first game against the Bears is going to you know, show us and then week two against Seattle. And if he gets off to a good start, I think he'll be off to the races. We also haven't seen him run, you know, and that's the biggest thing. If he's not going to run, he's going to be one of the biggest busts in fantasy because of how people like me have been hyping him up. But if he runs and you get those... 500, 600, 700, 800, 900 thousand yard performance that he could potentially give you, then he has a chance to be a top five fantasy quarterback. So it's all going to be depending on on his legs. If he's going to try and win games for San Francisco strictly with just throwing the ball, they're going to be in trouble and fantasy managers are going to be screaming at people like me. Okay, let's go back to Jamie. This one, which one's bolder, Heath? Trey Lance is QB3 or this one? Kyle Pitts scores 11 touchdowns. Uh, I think Trey Lance's QB3 is bolder than Kyle Pitts scoring 11 touchdowns. 
All right, Jamie. Kyle Pitts, eleven touchdowns. I'm gonna go I ahead and say ten more. What's what you know? Yeah, what's, ten what's more. It's a, this is the normal jump for a sophomore. That he's gonna be tight end one with a bullet if he has eleven touchdowns. Oh, not even close. I mean, he he may he may be wide receiver one if if, <laughs> if we saw what we saw last year. Um, I'm just hopeful. You know, I want to see him find the end zone a little bit more, maybe a lot more, maybe a ton more. Um, you know, I mean, Heath is giving DJ more fifty five touchdowns. I could give you know Kyle Pitts eleven. <laughs> um, I you know. Quarterback change, uh, you know, receiving core that's still unproven. You know, some more targets going his direction. You know, more understanding of the game, more understanding of the league. You know, Arthur Smith, more understanding of him and where to put him. So, you know, I, I think optimistically if he has a career season in touchdowns, which would not take more than two, but if he has, you know, the, the breakout campaign, probably eight touchdowns is realistic. Um, but why stop there? Let's just keep, you know, throwing touchdowns upon touchdowns at what could be the best tight end in football. I uh, sorry guys. I think we have some breaking news in. I'm gonna try to confirm it, but I think we have a player who was just placed on IR. I'm gonna try to confirm it before we go with it. Uh, Heath, back to you and your bold predictions. How about Dallas Goddard? Dallas Goddard is. Uh, go ahead. You can give it. I don't want to steal your. Thunder. Yeah, I'm just searching for the con- the player that went on IR. Now I'm not going to be able to concentrate. Okay. Yeah. I, it is. It is confirmed. Um, by the Washington Post. Okay, so Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson on the non-football injury list. So what is? I don't know the timetable for that. Is that a four-week thing or indefinite? Uh, I'll check. Okay. So we'll, we'll get to that in a moment here. Uh, Heath, you want to talk about Dallas Goddard? Tight end three. Uh, I am going to read it. I'll just read it right for you. <laughs> Tight end three, and he leads the Eagles in touchdowns. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be I – mean, he'll be behind A.J. Brown in total targets on this team. But I would expect, like, he's been a red zone monster in the past. Didn't get it done last year, but this is really going to free him up with all the attention that A.J. Brown gets. I think he could score 10 touchdowns, have 900 yards receiving, and be better than every tight end except for Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. It's four games. Okay. So So the NFI list, uh, I'm reading it straight from NFL.com. NFI list is similar to the pup list, but is used for players who suffered injuries or ailments outside of NFL activities. Players who begin the season on the NFI can be activated after the team has played its first four regular season games. Let's talk a little bit more about this then. So, first of all, you can now put him in an IR spot uh, when once the season starts. And, again, let's take a look at that schedule for Antonio Gibson and, and uh, J.D. McKissick. That's Jacksonville at Detroit, Philadelphia, which should be a beast of a run defense, I would think, and at Dallas. So... When are you going to draft Antonio Gibson now with Robinson out at least four weeks? Round six. I was thinking round seven. And again, like like I said, this afternoon, I'm going to make some rankings updates that reflect this. But six, seven range seems about right for Gibson. Yeah. Okay. So, and it's, look. Yeah, go ahead. If he, if he smashes those couple of games and then, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't do anything bad in the other two. Why would they rush Robinson back? Right. So, would you yeah, rather I think have that we should one thing, and it might be four weeks, but we should just clarify that the four weeks is a minimum, minimum, yep, but certainly not a maximum. Damian Harris or Antonio Gibson? Gibson. It was already Gibson, Gibson before yes. this. Cam Akers. Yeah. Gibson. Akers. <laughs> Clyde. Clyde. Gibson. Dylan. 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 
All right, so round six range for Antonio Gibson. Get and, to the top and, and J.D. McKissick, is he a good late-round PPR pick? Maybe better than a late-round pick. Okay, who are the true pass-catching backs? Naeem Hines would be the first one. Well, Hines. unless you count Chase Edmonds. Yeah. I guess well, I mean, then we got to put Pollard in that category too, right? I guess so. Who, who who are the guys you're, that you're, we, th- you're thinking of the guys that are just going to be third yeah, down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right. We, we let's, let's call them. Let, let, let's call this the Darren Sproles Award. So who, sure. who gets who, who's nominated for Darren Sproles Award? So Naeem Hines is nomination number one. Uh, McKissick should be on that list. Jarek McKinnon should be on that list. Amir Abdullah should be on that list. Montgomery. Um, Ty Montgomery when healthy is on that list. Maybe Gainwell. Uh, Gainwell, sure. Put him on that list. Um, I'm going to say a deep name, but if we're putting Amir Abdullah and Ty Montgomery on the list, I think Rex Burkhead deserves to be on the list too. Sure. So who's number two behind Hines? I mean, if you're putting Gamewell there, that's Gamewell for me. Rankings-wise, yeah, it's it's Gamewell. Okay. James Cook belongs on his list. Mm, yeah, we keep forgetting about him lately. We've talked about James Cook so much. And uh, yeah, I mean, would, would you take James Cook or J.D. McKissick? Uh, I would take James Cook. Okay. How about... Um, this is according to Rappaport. No one is rushing Brian Robinson. He won't be on the field until he's ready. But considering the original thought after he was first shot, this is an incredible outcome. Yeah, for sure. Heath, you have a Trey Lance bold prediction. It's that Justin Fields will outscore Trey Lance and finish top 10. Yeah, it's not a Trey Lance prediction it's a Justin Fields prediction I just think like there's now a four round difference between them and and the the offensive weapons and the offensive coach around may be enough to make up for that but um I I don't want people to forget that we have another quarterback who could average 50 or 60 yards rushing per game who has the same type type of upside he could be a top five top 10 quarterback if everything goes well and I truly believe that about Justin Fields. He's a fantastic athlete. He has shown the ability to throw the ball accurately. I wish he had a number two wide receiver. I'd feel better if he did. But I think we'll see some similar things to what the Packers did with their running backs in the passing game. It's one of the reasons I love David Montgomery. And so Darnell Mooney, David Montgomery, Cole Komet, those three guys I think could give enough production to get Fields not to 4,000 yards, but over 3,000 yards. And he has the 1,000-yard rushing upside. Finish the show. With a George Pickens bold prediction. The boldest, maybe, of my predictions. George Pickens will finish the year as rookie wide receiver one and wide receiver one on the Steelers. He's he's just a phenomenal Mm -hmm. football player. And I I think there's an underrated chance that he just really dominates to the point to where maybe he's getting the same number of targets as Deontay Johnson at some point towards the end of the year and producing more fantasy points on those targets than Johnson has. I don't think that's your boldest prediction. I think DJ Moore as wide receiver one is your boldest prediction. Is it more likely that DJ Moore finishes wide receiver one or George Pickens is better than Deontay Johnson at the end of the year? Easily Pickens for me. Jamie, what about you? What's more likely, Pickens being better than Deontay Johnson or DJ Moore being the best wide receiver in fantasy? Um... DJ Moore, because Pickens could be the number one wide receiver. I mean, he's well, which is competition more right likely, more likely. Pickens. Yeah. Okay. That's a, yeah. All right. 
Yeah, DJ Moore is bolder. Sorry, Heath. I know it's for he for you. He's wide receiver four already, but uh, <laughs> that is wide still receiver very four bold. in my head. Wide receiver one in my heart. There you go. Uh, all right, thanks everybody for watching and listening. Fun show today. Thank you all for donating in our draftathon. We'll talk to you if you're on YouTube. Probably going to see us tonight for the mailbag. If you're just listening, we'll talk to you tomorrow on Friday with a complete ADP review to get you ready for a big weekend of drafting. Have a good one. See ya.